Hi, this is Elaine Benfield, and welcome to another episode of Her Stories. I am so excited. I have Dr. Lulu with me um, on this episode. Welcome to Her Stories. Thank you so much, the beautiful Elaine. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we're finally getting around to doing this. Exactly. And next time in person, you're now in Atlanta, which I'm happy you're in my neck of the woods. So, yes, yeah. you know, with, with when I start Her Stories, I always talk about why someone's inspiring. and we ended up connecting through a group and the minute I heard who you were, I just, first of all, your energy, your smile, you are infectious. I just, in such a positive way, you were someone that I wanted to get to know better. When I heard you were moving to Atlanta, it just made me, you know, so happy. So I want to give a little bit of an overview of why I find you so remarkable. And this list could go on and on, but I'll give my high level of your queer your Nigerian-born pediatrician, educator, coach, corporate consultant, your CEO of Dr. Lulu's Coaching Consulting Lounge, your mother of three, two sons, and a transgender young adult. You work to educate families, healthcare providers, and non-medical organizations on accepting, affirming, and supporting LGBTQ plus children, patients, and employees. You're a corporate consultant, which I love helping, we've talked about this, helping organizations create you know, safe spaces um, for, you know, kids at the workplace and, you know, support parents. And, and you're also an author about uh, your Black transgender child and you have other books and everything. I mean, you're just, what you have in your list of who you are is truly remarkable. Um, I couldn't be more thankful, as I've told you before, that you're in my universe. Once you're in my universe, I don't let you go. So just warning, Dr. Lulu. Um, but I wanted That's to lean into you just... That's such an overview, but can you just, let's start by who's Dr. Lulu? Let everyone know who you are and some of your background. Thank you so much for that intro. I think, I think everybody has a long list. I just, I just remember to add everything to it. I think one of the, the ones that you left out maybe could be, I'm an agitator. I love that title. I attended an event in June last year in Dallas, Texas, and the speaker was making a case for entrepreneurs and corporate, I don't know, consultants moving away from the term activist. He preferred the mm -hmm. word advocate. And I, I pushed back. I said, I, I said, when it comes to identity, it's an individual thing, whether it's gender identity, whether it's title identity. And I don't want anyone to, I, I don't, I don't want to use the word shame because that's a negative term, but yeah. lesson in any way, an identity that I have chosen for myself. I yeah. see myself as an activist. I've always been an activist. I'm the first mm -hmm. of six kids. I'm the first granddaughter of, I don't know, close to 40, maybe more grandchildren of my grandfather. I'm, I was in the US Air Force. I was commander. I'm a disabled veteran. I'm a mom of a transgender child. I'm black. I'm immigrant. I'm queer. I'm a woman. I am alive. I I'm activist. I'm an activist. It, it, my life is activism. When you define black woman in America, look it up in a dictionary next to my picture, you will see activist. And I, I think love activism that, Dr. Lulu. is what we're all called to. Yeah, we're yeah. all called to be activists. Now, not to diminish advocate, because I am also an LGBTQ plus advocate, but I'm a youth suicide prevention activist and i think yeah. it's the next level when you go activism it's like it comes from your belly again not to diminish 
advocate. And I think when you add activism plus advocacy, it equals allyship. So yeah. I'm an ally. I'm a parent ally. I'm a mama beast. I'm a robo babe. I'm a fox. I mean, it's just what I am. And I'm the only one that can say that. I was born, bred, buttered, and slightly burned in Nigeria, one of the most religious and one of the most homophobic countries in the world. Yeah. That says a lot when you're telling your father at 16 that you like girls and boys, and they're telling you it's a phase. And then 26 mm -hmm. years later, you're like, your dad, about that phase. You know, yeah. I didn't know that there was a term for bisexual. When I was in high school, I went to an all girls boarding high school. It was just lesbian that I knew. And then as I got older, I don't even know when I, when the term bisexual came into my orbit, but I was like, that's me. Representation matters. Words matter. And so when I heard bisexual, I saw myself mm -hmm. not poly, um, not polyamorous, not polygamous not um, non-monogamous, just bisexual, which means I'm, I'm attracted. I want to almost say equally mm -hmm. to men and women. Now, there's identity and there's expression. Mm -hmm. My sexual expression, the sexuality I prefer, changes depending on how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. On some days, I'm in my male attraction days. And in some mm -hmm. days, I'm in my female attraction days. But I am fiercely monogamous, which means when I'm with Elaine Burnfield, I'm with Elaine Burnfield. I'm not with Elaine and Chaka Zulu and yeah. John Stewart. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not all of that. Yeah. That's all I have. That's my introduction. <laughs> I mean, it's there's so much I want to unfold. I just so. I mean, you're remarkable. So anyone that just heard that, just wait for this conversation. You know, to get deeper, but. So talk to me about your path as a child. You talked about growing up in Nigeria. How hard was your childhood? How did the path get to where you are today? And I know it's like a long journey, but how was it? Did you enjoy your childhood? Good memories, like hard memories? What do you remember most about kind of those formative years as a child? I think it's only fair to say for everyone, your childhood depending on how much of it you allow, can dictate your adulthood. Everyone, not just the Tolulu, everybody. There are bits of my childhood that I know brought me to this place where I am today. Listen, when I was 11, I wrote a rejoinder, which is like a, an editorial, to the mm. Pope. <laughs> and I gave it to my mother and she said she mailed it. Now, looking back, I don't think she did. Because what I said was, I wanted to know why women were not allowed to be priests. I was freaking 11. Yes, I was you had radical. it, you had it in your DNA. Like, okay, I'll take it just when you're, when you're done. Yes. My mom said, okay, when you're done writing it, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll mail it for you. She, she said, I don't know if the Pope will respond. I was like, just mail it. So that's one. And then number two, my father is a war, is a war veteran. Mm. that's activism radical the highest level when you go to war for your country my dad is a war veteran my grandfather the one that i knew because i don't know anyone after my grandfather mm. um like i don't know my great grands and all that but i know my grandfather i knew him until i was like 13 he was radical he was the one in my village the first person to say he was not going to kill his twins. 
there was this belief that twins were like demonic and people who have twin children they have to kill the twins because they bring bad luck mm-hmm. and so my grandfather thought outside the box and said wait if we celebrate the birth of one child and magnify Ikenga and Chuku and Source and the universe if we celebrate the birth of one child I think in my little head that we should doubly celebrate two children. Yeah. Like, hello. So what he said was, I'm going to put my machete down. And that's a dare to fight to the machete. Yeah. That's in those days. He put his yeah. machete on the ground. And the person who dares him picks up the machete. And you fight with the machete. And he said, I'm putting my machete down. I want any of you who has enough balls to challenge me to not keep my twins. And that is the blood I have in my veins. It's radical. It doesn't but it's re- it takes but no it's presence. remarkable. Like what you I, and I have talked yeah. I mean it's yeah, remarkable because you and I that's who that's who So as a young woman, you ended up you saw that and you know mine's such a smaller scale. You and I have talked about you know, my father was an activist when I grew up on historical buildings and history was so important and let's not forget our past. And he just, he had that. And I was the same completely, you know, smaller scale, but I saw him fighting. I saw him with picket signs. I saw him just fighting for what he believed in. And it is in my DNA that I've marched. I have, you know, for, you know, every cause when I lived in DC to when I live in Atlanta fighting for all these causes and you have the same that it's, I love because it's more than being an advocate. It's having it in your DNA. And I think some people don't quite have that. My own mother, because every time I talk about, there's so much patriarchy in Nigeria. So, and then I was raised, I'm a child of patriarchal, you know, beliefs. So I was raised to almost always default to my dad, my grandfather. But my mother was a freaking firefighter during the war. So again, it's not that she may not have been all the way out there, went to war to actually like drop bombs and fly planes. But she was a firefighter in the war. I, 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 I don't have the photograph with me. I wish I did. But I remember there's a picture of her looking so fly with cat, cat glasses in the in the maybe 66, 67, I think the war started in 66, I ended in 69 before I was born. You know, she was a firefighter, a woman who's a firefighter in the 60s in Nigeria. Oh no. Yeah, I come from a line of rogue babes, beasts. Well, and that's and you why, the, you know. You use the term warrior, no Dr. Lulu. Like I love when you use, and you've said a lot on, yeah, we, we engage a lot on LinkedIn and you talk about you're a warrior princess. Like to me, that couldn't define you more because that is really the, you know, being a queen and just all of that is, and that's why I was so attracted to you to go your energy. I mean, I said it before. Um, one of the things I wanted to know, you do so many things, you have so much passion. How do you manage it all? Because I feel like that's such a hard thing that people think it takes so much time to be an activist and help, help, you know, protect the voices of those who need protection. How do you do that? Plus all 
you know, your facets of, of work and life and how do you juggle it? You go, you're speaking, traveling. How do you do it all with your kids and all? How do you manage all of it? Not without spoils of war. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. No, yeah. I'm not, I'd not do it without spoils of war. And, and I don't know who's listening and what spoils of war is. You know what? Just look it yeah. up. Um, but yeah. not without spoils of war. Of course, there's always going to be collateral damage. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm human. I yeah. got to go to sleep. I got to eat. I got to mommy my kids. Yeah. I, depending on what point in my life, when I was in the Air Force, I was commander. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't always home. When I was not in the Air Force, I was a single mom with a full practice that I saw 40 to 60 patients a day. I may not have always been home with the kids. So there were things that just, I could not do because I was doing other things. And you just have to pray that source or the universe is just watching out for, for the things you're not able to do at the same time. If I looked back in my life, would I do anything differently? I would probably say no. You know, I know it's like, it's like, well, no, I would not do anything differently because all of that, as I said at the beginning, brought me to where I am today. It's always one decision after the other, one step in front of the other. And I retired at 52 and everybody's like, wait, what? what? What do you mean? I said, well, it was 30 years since I've been a doctor. I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I don't know anybody who's been working for 30 years and doesn't think it's okay to retire. I don't know them. And if I know them, more power to them. For me, mm-hmm. I wanted to retire. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Have you made enough money? No, but how much money is enough money? Yeah. You defined that by yourself. But I, I love that. Retired I, because I needed the more time to, to do this one. Go ahead. No, no. And I think, Dr. Lulu, I think it's so important because we're hard on ourselves. I think women multitask better than anything. Um, no discredit to men, but we just do. It's our DNA that we just, we have kids, we have jobs, we have this. But I love, I think a lot of women are afraid to say it's hard. People are afraid to say it's, you make choices. And I just, I love the honesty because I always, people ask me all the time, how have you had this great career in, you know, technology for all these years, but your kids and how do you do, you just do. And there's days where I'm like, I'm not doing anything well. And there's some days where it's like, oh, I'm a better mother today. I'm a better employee today. And it's like every day kind of teeters, but I forgive myself. It's took me a long time to go. Hey, I wasn't hundred percent perfect in everything or did, I didn't do hundred percent across the board, but I did it. And there's, you know, and I feel I like did that. It. Yes. And that's, your and that's my, that's my, yeah. yes, exactly. That's my, my, um, I, I know the, the space is not evil, but I am evil. So I have to go to my own customs in my, in my, my evil land. When men become chiefs, they have, they get a feather. Um, for what, like maybe high achievement that they achieved, they get a feather. That is a feather in, in my cap that I did, I did it. I might have did it wrong. I might have yeah. faked it till I made it. I might have messed it, did it messy, but I did it. I did it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell you two stories. I did it with imposter syndrome. I told Oprah that. I did it with imposter syndrome. I did it doubting myself the entire time. I did it with fear, but I freaking did it. I effing did it. I fucking did it. And I did it because 
if I don't do it, who will? Mm-hmm. Who will? No, and it's, I tell I, the story of how God, yeah. God, I used to say, God, please don't, I don't want my child to be gay. Please don't make my child gay. Please, please don't make my child gay. And God said, whose child do you want me to make gay? Whose child should I make trans? You are the self-proclaimed loudmouth activist, this, that, and the other. Who then should I send? If not you, then who? And then God said, what I'll do is I'll send you. And if you decide to take the mission, great. But I will also send the Elaine Burnfields. I will also mm-hmm. send all the other mama beasts. I'll also send other people to allow you to get on their platform to get your message. But that message you must carry. And that's it. That's all there is. No, and I love that you and I talked about it, that we were both blessed with these children. I couldn't be happier and more Mm -hmm. proud of my daughter, Hannah. We've talked about it. She wants to be public being a trans daughter and trans woman. And I look and go, people are like, how do you cope with having kind of, you know, my my ex-husband's gay? How do you cope with this surrounding? And I'm like, it's not coping. It's I'm blessed with this family that is a rainbow. And it gives me, it just, just, you just do it. I don't look at my child any different because the name changed. I'm coping, it's it's just doing. No, it's doing it in loving and embracing. Elaine, you are a white woman in America. I have people walking up to me and asking me, wait, you're Nigerian? You mean Nigerians are like that? (laughs) Meaning Nigerians are gay? Yes. You mean Nigerians are gay? You mean Nigerians are trans? I said, you mean you're not? Because I believe everyone is gay. Everyone is hiding something in their closet. It was, I think, um, I forget her name, the singer that said that. Um, the, some, something, the, I forget her name right now. But anyway, Megan Thee Stallion, I think, I'm not sure, whoever, said, said that, that we are all gay. And, and I think we're all gay may be figurative, or maybe even real, factual. We all have something that we have that is that identifies us, that the universe has given to us as a gift, like you said, to echo your words. And society is asking us to hide, you know? Society is asking us, well, you bring out this part of you, but don't bring this part of you. You be a woman, but don't be too much of a woman. You be, you be a spokesperson, but don't be too loud. You be pretty, but don't be too sexy. You know, all of those things that uh, I think Barbie said in her movie, for me as a black woman, add 200% to that. You know, oh yeah, you're black. So what are you doing in a, in a white space? What's a white space? What's a black space? This is a mom space. Yeah. That's it. No, I'm a mother. But, but I do, moms do but what I do, f- do for your kids. That's it. And I do feel that, you know, Maybe the older generations, even our generation, we're more forgiving. But I think the younger generation, we've talked about this, that they don't see the blurred lines. They, the, I'm seeing a lot of my kids' friends and my kids, they fall in love with the person. And that to me is so refreshing that we were so put in boxes. As you said, women were only supposed to be this and you're only supposed to fall in love with this. And it's, I do think we're seeing that kind of change that this younger generation is a lot more accepting. I think it's the really older generation yes. that's still like, oh, well, that's not normal. It's like, well, what is normal? None of us are normal. What we're all, is normal? We're all unique, you know? You said that, exactly. Who, 
who, yes. who made the who made the definition of what normal is? Yeah, I agree with you. So, how do you feel about you. you and I have talked about also? Um, you know, I've I've told you, you know, I've marched here in Atlanta to help protect LBGTQ plus laws, regulations, healthcare, um, and that's just a piece of our fight. How do you feel? How are you feeling right now with the polarization in our country, kind of on the political side? Do you feel that we're going to get better over time? Like, how do you think our country is going to snap back and go, wait a second, you're hurting our children? Where do you, because it's today, this is the stuff that keeps me up at night. I'm struggling with protecting all kids, trans kids, you know, all children need a voice. Um, how are you feeling about it? Honestly, I avoid politics if I can. And that's kind of weird coming from a former lieutenant colonel and commander in the U.S. Air Force. But I do avoid politics if I can. That's one. Number two, I couldn't care less about where the country is going. Mm -hmm. Because your child who is transgender, your child who is LGBT, doesn't know that. But your child knows you. Your child knows where you're going based on how you're leading them. And so I will say these things will come and go. They will ebb and flow. I, I don't want, yes, I, I, I'm a speaker. I'm going to be at the uh, state capitol on the 27th. I've been invited by the Human Rights Campaign and the um, Pride, Atlanta Pride, to be part of the, 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 the happenings. <laughs> Is that the word? So, yes, I'm going to go there and speak. But ultimately, I tell parents, I say, you're not only the most important, you're also the most influential person in your child's mm -hmm. life. So what you think and what you do and what you say matters most, more than what the governor says. When I a four-year-old child says, that. mom, I don't want to wear that dress. They're not saying, mom, I don't want the governor to dress me up in blue jeans. They're saying, mom, dad, I don't want to wear that dress because I don't feel like I want to wear the dress. And you, the next thing you say determines how the day goes, not what the governor said at the mansion. Does that make sense? I think it's so beautiful and it's so true. I mean, we talked about when Hannah came out for me. I just looked at her and she said, you know, I have a friend that's, um, you know, decided or basically realized, came to the realization that um, she was in the wrong body. And so you, I told you, my first instinct was, do you feel you're in the wrong body? And she looked at me with these blue eyes and said, yes. And I didn't flinch. Oh. And I, we talked about it. Yes, there was a journey. I struggled with the pronouns. And pronoun. I'm still so proud of you for that. But, but that's because to me, I'm a mama bear. I love the term. It's something when, when I was on your, um, you know, Moms for Trans Kids, um, you know, streaming on LinkedIn, I was like, it is so all seeing all these fierce moms that are like, we're going to shield and protect our kids and love them and let them become great humans. And that to me is that is the bigger picture. Um, I just I struggle with that. People want to get in our business. Because who's to tell me I'm doing something wrong for my child? How dare you? Exactly. How dare you? And that's more the exactly. annoyance to me. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's more of, exactly. It's more of an irritant. But and and I and I I'm 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 not going to pretend that that doesn't exist. Are you kidding me? Hello, I just said I'm going to be at the Capitol. I, again, I'm going to reiterate that 
we, both of us are on the same side of the fence, obviously, but I'm not going to say that I like that they're coming for my kid. I wish I could focus on something else and not this because they're coming for my kid. However, comma, at the yeah. end of the day, your child wants to feel safe at home. Your child's parent is not the governor. Maybe it is in some people, somebody's case. Mm -hmm. But the majority of us, mm -hmm. our children are not parented by the governor. The governor might make the law. That's why I said there's something you forgot. I'm an agitator of governors. I'm an activist. That is true. I agitated the governor of Texas until now. I moved to Atlanta, and I'm about to begin agitating the governor of Georgia. I'm so going to be right behind you. <laughs> exactly. I am yeah. an agitator. However, at the end of the day, darling parent, mm -hmm. the person who makes the decision about dinner, the person who makes the decision about what the child is wearing, the person who makes the decision about what school the kid is going to, what mm -hmm. extracurricular activities, what car we're driving today yeah. is you. And so well, and I think you I said something. I, I love what you said you about like, we, well, and I, I love Dr. Lulu about, you know, our kids need to be safe, but I also think they need to be loved and accepted. Like you have this image and I'm sure you felt the same, you know, you have three kids that I have this image of what I thought my kids would be. They blew that mm -hmm. out of the water within a year of age, like even yeah, less All than day. that. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I always, this is how my perfect life. And it's like, oh my God, yes. they rattled me from day one. And I, but you know, I, all day. all day, every day, every day, there's something like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. But it, it's, I embrace everyone, every single, whatever they challenge me and however they surprise me, I do find a way. And yes, there's always that reaction of, are you shitting me? Like there's always something. But I love because they're finding their path. They're finding their journey. And my job is to almost deflect, keep them safe, and every day say how much I love them. Yes. They're protected oh, yeah. in my world. You know? All I just, day. All day. All day. Uh, when, we, when you decide to become a parent, you already know it comes with a lot of responsibility. So uh, one of the things, one of the polarizing things I say is, unfortunately, Saying I love you when your child says, mom, I'm gay is not enough. I'm yeah. not saying don't say I love you. I'm saying that's not the response because you're supposed to love your kid anyway. And I, and I want to say that with my full chest, you don't get brownie, extra brownie points for saying I love you when you're already supposed to love your kid anyway. Like yeah. you, your kid didn't have to tell you anything for you to say I love you. So I want to put that out there. However, the question is, what then do I say? Great question. Great question. You take a deep breath and say, tell me more. Yes. And say, wow, that's intriguing. And say, wow, how long have you known? And say, wow, thank you for telling me. And say, wow, I'm so glad you found me a safe place, a safe person to tell. Oh, my goodness. Wow. How come I didn't know this? To yourself, you can say that, you know? Because I was told at 20, that's old. It's very old to find out. And that's because I did not make the house safe for my child. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I didn't love my child. You see the difference? 
It doesn't mean yeah. I didn't love my child. In my mind, my way of loving my child was asking them not to be gay. So again, yeah. it's not about love here because love comes as part of the package of having a child, as part of the package of being a parent. But having a child who is gender diverse, enter advocacy, enter allyship. Mm -hmm. And I dare say enter activism because now it's like, oh, you're coming for my baby? Well, enter mama bear. And in my case, enter mama beast. Yeah. Because, oh, really? Right away you activate all the things, right? Because they're coming for your oh. kid. And oh. might I add, they're coming for you. No. They're saying no, you're a groomer. They're coming for you. And I think that's a beautiful way that it is a distinction because you do, you love your kids unconditionally, no matter what you do. Yes. But I agree about the safe piece. And I love what you said about listen, because, you know, we've had friends in our community that didn't listen when their children said, this is what I am. This is who I am. And some embraced it. And those kids are thriving. Those who didn't, those kids are struggling. Um, some kids committed suicide. Like this is, if you don't listen. I know, and find exactly, right? I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to go there. But, but that's but why it is, I'm a it's reality. activist. Yes. It's, it's, it's the it's, fear yeah, of, and, and they talk about Thank you for saying that. that. I didn't want to say that, but thank you. But, but I think it has to be, I want to be that firm. And I've said this when I interviewed Hannah, suicide rates of children that are trans and children of LBGTQ plus are so high, they don't need to be. And I, I feel that if we had more parents like us that were, we're going to make missteps, I'm making mistakes, but I refuse to let something happen from my child because I wasn't you know, supportive. And I wasn't there to listen and exactly. open door policy. I have my door open. We've probably talked about this. I've, my bedroom always open door. I've always felt you can come to me at two in the morning. If you need me, you can come to me at midnight. My door, that. no matter what is open for you. And I can't tell you how many times my children climb into my bed, 10 PM on, which I'm a morning person, but that's an open door so that, Hey, I had this fear. I thought about this. My friend's struggling. How can we help my friend? That's been my mm. life as a mom over the last, as the kids get older. And that to me, I might save a life by being, having my kid feel comfortable. Like, oh, can you talk to my friend's kid? Can you mention something to my friend's parent? And you're so similar, if not even more to be that, you know, voice to help others. Um, and, and I yeah. just... I love the things you do. Um, what would you, I mean, I think we talked so much about like creating this safe environment. How mm -hmm. do you, you know, talk to me more about with your coaching and helping organizations really create these safe environments. Talk to me a little bit about more about how you're helping the community and, and other companies and businesses. Thank you, because most, most times I don't get to talk about that. So I have about three organizations now as my clients. And what I do with them is I go into the space and I first see what you have, because I'm not a savior. I'm not coming to save anybody. I'm coming to add value. I'm coming to magnify what you already have. I'm coming to just make it that much stronger. So we start with what you already have. Most organizations have the word inclusive on their website. But, you know, Southwest, for instance, which is not yet my client, but Southwest, because I fly Southwest all the time, has inclusive on their website, 
But guess what? They only have male, female options to gender up till today. Meanwhile, I've addressed it with them in the past. So just subtle things like that. You may not even be thinking about it. Just put other even. Start with other. That lets me know, okay, you're thinking that there are others, right? As an example. So that's one of the things. But mostly I work with their parent ERG or the ERG, which is Employee Resource Groups or the prism groups or they have different names for them mm -hmm. pride groups or whatever any kind of group i generally i do work with the amazon is like in my radar right now but i do work with amazon has something called glamazon gla amazon mm -hmm. glamazon and which is like their g their gay lesbian something mm -hmm. that's what the glamazon is but so they already have something already situated and i come and i look at it and i say okay so what do you think you're needing? Oh, well, we need someone to teach us about like the terminology. That's a big one. That's a huge one. And then to tell us what to do when our kids come out. That is usually those two things. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the terms change like the freaking weather, right? Every day there's a new term. Yeah. I don't even know all the terms. I don't even pretend to know. There's a book called the ABC, I think, of LGBT, something like that. I think there's a book like that by someone that's been out for a while. That book, they must, they have to like update it every day, I'm sure, because every day there's a new term. There's also a book called The Gender Book, which are my friends. I'm going to tell them that I give them a shout out on here. They just, they just released their 2.0 because things change every day, right? My book about the black, your black transgender, I haven't even released it yet because things are changing every day because I haven't sat down. But now that I'm retired and I'm, I've moved here, that's the plan this first quarter to finish it because I've already, it's pretty much done. I just haven't trimmed the edges and made it pretty enough for, for mm -hmm. publishing. But little things like that. So I come in and I, and I find out what they already have. And then ask them, what do they need? Because mm -hmm. I cannot just come and be preaching all the way to the right when what they're needing is to the left. So it's very, very custom built. It's, it's my Ally Bridge Connection program, ABC, Ally Bridge Connection. So I'm mm -hmm. connecting the organizations to the community, I'm connecting the, the parents, the organizations, to the parents in the organization. Because again, it's it's fair game. Any parent can be a parent of a transgender child. Just because your child hasn't told you doesn't mean they're not, which happened to me. My kid was freaking 20 before I found out. So when they were 19, I could have said, my child is not trans, right? Because yeah. I didn't know. But guess what? By the 20th birthday, I found out. So my job is to do what we're doing right now. What do yeah. you know? What are your thoughts about the queer community? What do you think already? Where did that thought come from? Where did that knowledge come from? Are you trans? If you're not trans, then truly you don't know for sure, right? You have to, the only person that knows what it's like to be trans is a transgender person. You and I are trans adjacent, right? We're, we're close yeah. enough, but we're not trans. So yeah. I just come and I mostly do workshops. I do lunch and learns. I do. I have one coming up. I think in a couple of weeks here in Atlanta, with um, the Rotary Club of somewhere or the other. Mm -hmm. We're doing a lunch and lunch. I'm going to be doing an event next week on the 17th, right here at the Scott Something College. Education, education, education. That's where that's my strong point. Speaking, educating, and I always offer them. I said I have this practice that I'm so excited about. It's called the Palouse Pride Corner. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really excited about having parents join. It's really a family-focused gender and sexuality-affirming 
space. I had to add sexuality because I was like, you know what? It's all the LGBT plus people. So it's gender and sexuality affirming space. Dr. Lulu's pride corner is open to everyone because there are no borders. There are no boundaries. It's virtual. But if you live in Atlanta and you want to meet in person, super. I will actually meet you where you want to be, be met. Like This is the kind of practice I want. If you want to meet at the Starbucks, we'll go to the Starbucks. If you want to meet, meet in your apartment, I'll come as long as it's safe, right? I, you know, I don't know what I don't know. But I'm so proud of myself for, for listening to my youngest who actually gave me the idea. He said, Mom, you do know I went from a big brother to a big sister, right? I said, yes. He said, well, you never talk about that. You never yeah. talk about this. In essence, he was saying, you never talk about the sibling's journey. And I was like, you're right. And then there's a grandparent's journey. So it's a family affair. Mm -hmm. So when a child is transitioning, the entire family is transitioning. The entire community is transitioning, mm -hmm. right? So I'm just excited about what lies ahead. I, I, I don't know it's, how it's I'm going to get there, but I just... But you know you're going to get I'm there just, and you, and you will get there. I have beyond faith yeah, in you. Yeah. Um, but, but I love what you talked about. You know, um, I work for a huge technology company who does preach. And I want to come in there. We talked about that. Oh, I said, we talked I about it. Oh, 100%, 100%. But what I love is, you know, this company really preaches what they say. You and I both know there's so many companies out there that says, oh, equality and inclusiveness. And they aren't. And they only do it during the pride months, which makes my head explode. So here mm -hmm. in Atlanta, um, it is October. And I'm like, okay, so now all of it, so it, you know, October, you put your flags on. How about you share that throughout the rest of the year? So I do think what I'm seeing with my peers and the younger generation, children are looking for companies that have that and are really authentic on their approach. I have so many friends that are, you know, um, in the LBGTQ plus world that are looking for companies that are going to make them feel safe and, you know, that they're going to find other people similar to their belief and not feeling kind of out, you know, I want to say almost ostracized. So no companies, this is for your benefit to be inclusive and truly from your heart and make yes. it across your whole organization. We do not go on a zoom call or a team's call without putting in, are you, she, he, you know, she, he, her, you know, whatever they're, they, they, we just, and everyone does it. And that to me, I go on to make sure that I always have that, which is funny because I don't on this. Um, but it is something at work. I, I I'm that. proud to say, I want my colleagues to tell me if I'm saying your pronoun wrong. I do not. My hardest part, and I'm sure, you know, as we talked about the terminology, my kids sometimes come at me. I'm like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm a 51-year-old white woman who's learning all these it changes. terms. It changes every day, yes. I want to affirm you. I want to affirm you for that. And yes, I know you don't have your pronouns today, but again, sometimes it's yeah. showmanship, right? So we yes. don't want any kind of performance allyship here. So it's normal to forget. It's fine. It's not a big deal because your actions speak louder than your pronouns do, right? So yeah. I am totally, I love it. It doesn't matter. I didn't even notice it until you said that. Yeah, I just looked at yours. What yours. I love about yeah. what you said is that company, yeah, yes. companies are doing their best these days to try to be, and that's so good. And the reason I also am giddy with excitement about what I do is I want to take it to the next level because what a lot of companies are doing is, like you said, inclusion and equality, but really what they should also be doing in addition is equity. Equity means you have the 
the, the, the right size of the box you need in order to see over the fence to watch the game. There's that picture that's been going around when I was talking about equity. Equity means, equality means everybody gets a t-shirt. Equity yeah. means you get the t-shirt that's your size and the color you like. Equality means everybody gets a bowl of rice. Equity means you get rice with no meat in it because you don't like meat. The other person gets rice with small spice in it because they love spice. The other one gets rice with some beans in it because they like beans. That's equity. So that's what I want people to do. What it is that it's, it's tailor-made. And that's why my program doesn't only focus on safe spaces for and brave spaces for queer people. It focuses on safe spaces for parents of queer people because we are the most influential persons in our kids' lives. And for that queer child to grow up, to live and thrive and get a job in a company that is in inclusive and affirming and all that, they need their parents to first do it right, right? So that they don't jump off the fence. So we're saying the same thing. So I, when I first started thinking about it, it was like, why, but why parents? I said, well, why not? How would you have felt well, if your dad or mom had been affirming, right? And well, and it's a safe, and it's interesting. We had a workshop years ago and it was just the pride chapters. We led it and we just had an open dialogue talking about, you know, you might not know your child's gay. They might not have told you yet. Mm -hmm. You might not know if your child's trans. I went there thinking my child at the time was just gay. Was not. And within six months, I was like, I literally was hosting this event and I now wanted to reach out to all the parents and go, hey, by the way, my world changed in a wonderful way, but I remember being like, wow, I just sat and I thought I knew my child who's so close with me, but she didn't know at the time. And she had the light bulb moment, which happens many times as they're about to graduate from high school and become an adult. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, she didn't mm -hmm. have it as she didn't realize as a, as a young child, but I look at that, that I would love to have you, you know, help support you you know, here in this Atlanta community. And I know I could talk to you and I'm so conscious of your time. This is many, this is one of many. I would love to have you again. Yes. But I want to leave you with um, what empowers you and what inspires you. Honestly, that is a, a question that I, I, I saw that I thought about and I think it changes for me. I, I am leaning into the fact that change is constant, so it changes for me. On a given day, it may just be the weather. On another day, it might be a song on the radio. On another day, it might be something I heard Elaine Benfield say. What inspires me changes. However, my focus has not changed. Mm. But what inspires me changes. My muse is always going to be my child, my eldest child who is transgender. But we're not always in good terms that's what parents mothers and daughters are I, I love my mom my mom loves me but we're not always in good terms i love my siblings they all love me but we're not always in good terms. i want to i don't want to, anybody to think that oh dr lulu has a perfect relationship with her kids. no we get at loggerheads all the time because that's that's what this past weekend we did because the car got towed and then she was texting and texting at 2 a.m well i was sleeping at 2 a.m you could have called me but then I forgot that my phone is on silent after 10 p.m. So I'm just saying that this is real life, y'all. 
Dr. Lulu does, I don't have all the answers. She doesn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. But I put my best foot forward every day. So every day I look for something else to inspire me. Today I'm going to work at the clinic. Heaven knows I'm going to be inspired by those sick children today because I'm going to get to love on them and hug on them and kiss on them at the urgent care. Tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. And then Saturday I'm going to a flea market. So, you know, I'm going to get inspired. Maybe I'll see a little butterfly and I'll get inspired. So I mm -hmm. definitely think that what inspires me every day changes. What empowers me, though, is my inner child. She is as fierce as a, I don't know what. She empowers me mm -hmm. to speak out because she sometimes was silenced. I was a child of sexual assault, trigger warning, right? So I have been suicidal, trigger warning, right? So those versions of me, they're like, do it, just do it, you know? And, I, and that's what empowers. And this is the first time, thank you for asking that question. This is the first time I've heard that. I'm going to write that quote. I'm going to have heard that question that way. I'm going to write the answer I just gave you and tag you on LinkedIn based on this interview that we just had. Because what inspires me changes. But what empowers me is my inner child, the little girl inside, who I'm just getting to know her now. Because mm -hmm. finally, I'm by myself. I'm no longer mommying. You know, mm -hmm. doing all the things, cook dinner, da, 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 all the things. Oh my God, when is your basketball game? Can I come? Can I not come? I don't have those excuses anymore. So I'm having to reckon with her. And she's like, she's a fierce. Do you think I'm fierce? I, I have nothing. I more. love that so much because it is, you, are, you couldn't be more right. Because I think our DNA and who we are to the core, we embrace. And that's why we're these fierce, mama bear, hardworking, creative, passionate, you know, women, but then every day you're right. Someone, something you meet, something you see does inspire you. I have to tell you, you, I told you in the beginning, the minute I met you, you're in my universe. I couldn't be happier to get to know you more, spend time with you here in Atlanta, be right behind you, beside you through, I'd love to partner with you, the HRC stuff, which I'm super active with as well. and just you know, starting of our many dialogues, I cannot wait to see what you do, how you give back to the community. And you truly are a warrior to me. And I just, I just, I'm an absolute admiration to you and just can't wait to get to know you and see what we do together and what you do. And I just, I couldn't be just more of a fangirl for you. Um, and I just, I know your time's really valuable. I love that you were able to be in her stories. And I think uh, I can't wait to have you back again when you're doing your books and let's, let's keep the dialogue going. Yes, that'd be good. I'm really looking forward to doing a lot of events in Atlanta. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I've been afraid of success, but I think I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do it. And, and you're going to embrace it. On me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Always. Thank you for always loving on me on LinkedIn. And if anybody would like to reach me, just send me an email coach at dr-lulu.com. Just, just send me an email because I can tell you to find me on social media, which is fine too. LinkedIn, Instagram, that's good. But send me an email. Talk to me from your heart. I just poured my heart out to you. Tell me what are you struggling with? What would you like to learn? What, do you, what would you like to know? And I will do my very best to give it to you in my brand new practice that I'm opening, the Toulouse Pride Corner. And I'm going to be, I want to do a, um, like, a, I think a webinar or something. Um, and I just discussed my free PDF, which is seven mistakes parents make even when they want to support and accept their children and something like that. I want people to come and just learn. Just yeah. Free, no, and I'm learn. happy to and help. Let me know if you like. 
and I'd love to promote it and I'll make sure on herstories.com I'm starting to do a community page to share all these wonderful people I've interviewed and I'll make sure that you anyone that's listening to her stories you can find Dr. Lulu on herstories.com I'll make sure you can you know connect with her and it's been an honor talking to you I adore you um I look forward to seeing you in person soon in Atlanta and thanks everyone for listening Stay tuned for the next episode of Her Stories.